Open your Bibles with me this morning to the book of Romans, chapter 12, and verse 1. I read out of the end of chapter 11 as, as we closed out worship. Uh, I want to read to you out of Romans 12 this morning. We finished, our, our, at least our last sermon in the book of uh, in the book of Luke two weeks ago, um, and so what what I'm going to get to do for at least the next little bit is just take the things that uh, the Lord's been dropping into my spirit that He's been teaching me with and share that with you. Uh, so we're going to may, maybe jump around a little bit, and then as we uh, approach the summer, next few weeks and into the summer, I've got a couple other voices that I want you to hear from. Uh, as we go along. So expect, expect encouragement there. I know it's going to be a blessing, but I'm really excited to share this with you today in Romans, uh, talking about uh, a living sacrifice and the word tolerance. So I want to read that and then we'll pray over the word and, and go from there. So in Romans 12 and verse one, Paul again is writing, and he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern or know what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. As we open it today, I thank you that you open our eyes to the wonders of it. God, that you teach us. Holy Spirit, illuminate your word to our hearts. Turn the light on. Uh, and I thank you that you're able to give to us each one what we have need of today, our daily bread in you. And I thank you for growing us up into Christ's image and even using your word to do it. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we get started today, I want to ask a question. And, and this just kind of came up in my heart as I was studying, as I was thinking about this. The question is, why do you put your faith in Jesus? Why do you follow him? Either why did you choose to follow him? Why do you follow him today? Why is your faith in him? Why are you a Christian? Why are you here? Right now, you can there may be a lot of answers to that. Right. You may say, well, when I was five years old, uh, they taught me about hell and asked me if when I died, I wanted to go to hell or go to heaven with my mom and daddy. <laughs> so I said, I think I'd rather do that. Right. But but think on that as, as you leave today, because I, I think it's important that we're all able to give an answer for the hope that's on the inside of us. But but most often our answer is, why do we come to him? Why do we believe in Christ? Why are we a Christian? The answer is because I wasn't OK without him. I realized that I wasn't OK without him. When we talk about repentance of sin, changing my mind to, to realize that the way I was living my life wasn't good or right for me. It certainly wasn't best for me. And so that's why I came to Christ is because 
I wasn't all right without him. Now, another question. Anybody in here, when you believed on Christ, that you immediately became perfect? That you immediately became just as you expected to be? That's a, there's a weird answer to that question, or an interesting answer to that question. Because positionally, you did. You did become perfect in Christ. When you believed on Him, God brought you into union with Him. So His perfection, you became the beneficiary of that. Positionally, you became perfect in Christ Jesus as it related to the Father and your standing for salvation. Aren't we glad for that? Positionally, you were perfect. Did anybody feel that way? Anybody's actions just immediately line up with that perfection that you could rightly confess in Christ? Uh-uh. It didn't, right? And so what you had there was a gap between what you said that you were, you rightly said that you were. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm one with Christ. I'm on my way to heaven. What you said and then the way that you still lived. Your thoughts, your actions, even the words of your mouth. There's a gap there. And what Christ is doing in your life from the point of belief to the point that you're perfected when you get home in him is he's closing those gaps. He's closing the gaps between who you say that you are and the life that you live. The Bible calls it sanctification. So positionally, you are holy in Christ, which is awesome. And then he begins to work on your condition that doesn't yet match your position. Think about these little babies, right? When Braxton was born, he was a member of the family. Completely and totally a member of the family. Now, he's not yet what he will be as a member of the family, right? His membership in the family doesn't rise, but who he is and that, that identity is going to grow for the rest of his life, who he is in that family. He's going to grow into what it is that he's been born into. See, and that's how life in Christ is for us. We've been born again into the family of God. But when a baby's born, that's not all that there is. There's some growth and maturity that's going to come. Amen. Amen. Our condition doesn't yet match our position in Christ. Again, it's the biblical uh, idea of sanctification. He's filling in the gaps. Remember, we came to him because we weren't okay without him. And he changed our position and he can and will is changing your condition to match that position. What's he changing it into? What's he changing you into? Into his image so that we'll be like him. The question is, will we let him do the work? Will we let him work on us as we've believed, as we continue on in our life? Are we going to let, can we tolerate the transformation? And that word tolerance is going to come back real big here in a minute. But I want you to think I forgot about the scripture. But this is what Paul is talking about in Romans 12 when he says, therefore, brothers and sisters, therefore means because of what I just said. 
And that's why I read to you what he said at the end of chapter 11. I believe he's talking about all of Romans up to that point. But when he says, therefore, at the beginning of chapter 12, we can think, well, what, what is this is here because of what I just said. What did he just say? He talked about how big God was that from him and through him and to him are all things to him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, because of all the things that I've said up to this point, brothers and sisters, in the view of the mercies of God, seeing how merciful God has been towards you and saving you through Jesus Christ. He says, I urge you. You're, and don't think I can't go King James on it. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. So it gives us an image of the Old Testament temple and the altar and the worship that would be performed there by the priests, the ministry that they would do. We don't have time to go all the way back and go through it, but there was animal sacrifice in the Old Testament to show the people how significant their sin was, that their sin would bring about death, that the wages of sin, what sin earned was death or the reminder that we are not okay without him. And he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, not a human sacrifice. Calm down. But present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Humans laying down who they are so they can become who God has called them to be. He said it elsewhere in Galatians. He said, I've been crucified with Christ, yet I live. But it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. It's this idea of a living sacrifice. I'm laying myself down on the altar and not all of me is getting back up. Then he says in verse two, don't be conformed to this age or to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So two different words. He didn't say don't be conformed to this world, but be conformed to the image of God. He didn't say don't be conformed to this world, but be conformed to what you see in Scripture. He gives two different ones. Conformed or, or confirmation means that you're shaping yourself into the pattern of something else. That you are doing the work. You're, you're shaping yourself. You're taking what you are and making little changes here and there to make yourself a little bit different. He said, don't conform yourself or shape yourself to the world, but be transformed. And that word is more like transfigured or transformation from one form into something completely different. So think caterpillar and butterfly, right? Don't be conformed to this age, but be transformed. And again, we, we can conform ourselves to lots of different things. Kelly gets aggravated because when I watch movies where people are talking in an accent, I start talking in that accent. <laughs> Heaven forbid it's an accent where somebody's British or English. It's one of those English accents. Hello, come down. <laughs> Just slip right into it. Right into it. When we went to Honduras, I was trying to learn Spanish and they would say a word and I would repeat it back. And they, they, they would say, you don't have to say it like I say it. Like I was taking on their accent when I was repeating it. Like if you had somebody who was Spanish speaking and they came here and like, well, what's your my name is Stephen. And they're like, my name's Stephen. I would go, why are you mocking me? 
But that's what they heard. They heard me kind of mimicking them. I was just trying to, I, that's what I heard you say. I was trying to sound like it. So I, that's, that's an example of me conforming myself to what I'm in. I'm doing the shaping, I'm doing the changing, but he's saying don't be conformed like that. Be transformed into something completely different. It'd be like me becoming a person from Great Britain, which would really probably aggravate her because I'd talk like that all the time. So you see the difference here in, in confirmation and in, in transformation, conformation. I think that's a word. We'll look it up later. But don't be conformed to this world, to this age, to their thoughts, the way that the world does things, their motivations and their conduct, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind or the making new, the recreation of your mind. Be transformed, but he doesn't say into what? You notice that? He said, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you will be able to discern what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But then say into what? And tell us what we're being transformed into. Now, thankfully, that word for transformed is only used three times in the New Testament. One time is when Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration. Right, we talked about that. And he was changed, his, his whole, everything changed, transformed. And it's used here in Romans 12. And then Paul used it again in 2 Corinthians 3. So the same writer wrote it twice. And what he wrote in 2 Corinthians 3 was that we all with unveiled face behold the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into that same image what same the image of the glory of the Lord of Jesus Christ we're being transformed into that image from glory to glory by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying, don't try to shape yourselves into the form, the mindset and the lifestyle that this world in this age presents to us as the hope of us being OK. That's what he's saying. You know, you're not OK. Don't try to conform to the way the world says you go to be an OK. Because the world has answers for that, right? They think that they have answers for that. You feel this way, you want to feel better, you just need to do this. You just need to step into this. You just need more of this. You just need less of this. The world's got all of these things that we can try and experiment with to try to feel okay. And what we find is that none of them bring about what they promise, right? So he's saying, don't shape yourselves into those forms and mindsets thinking that's going to fix you. Instead, present yourself as a living sacrifice before God, and then he'll transform you starting with your mind first, starting with the way that you think first. So again, why did we come to Christ? Because we weren't okay without him. The world that we were conforming ourselves to didn't come through on its promises. The promise that if, if you do this, you'll be this. It didn't work. And we realized that, right? And then Jesus changes our position and stands ready to transform our condition, who we are, our thoughts, our motivations, our actions, all that we are. And again, the question today is, will we tolerate the change? And that, that gets me into this word tolerance. And I told you, God just drops things in my spirit sometimes. I was sitting, I was riding in the car, dropping the kids off at school, and I listen to the radio sometimes uh, when I'm doing that. And I mainly listen to talk radio because I'm getting older. And I, 
and I switch around between whichever one doesn't have a commercial. Right. That's what you do. And, and by the way, good luck, Spotify, getting me to sign up for however much six dollars a month to get rid of commercials. I remember when you listen to the radio and you got like 30 minutes of commercials and then a song and then 30 more minutes of commercials is what it felt like. So this is fine with me. Just a couple commercials every 30 minutes. I'm good. But I'm listening to the radio and on there is the head uh, or the. Yeah, the head of the, the boss at our CDU here at the hospital. Roark, Teresa Roark, chemical dependency unit here at the hospital. It's an inpatient treatment program. And she comes on there from time to time, and I'm always interested to what she's going to say. And she's talking to the hosts there. It's a local show. And she's talking about addiction. And she said some people are so much more susceptible to, to addiction when it comes to these substances because when they use, something happens in their brain that doesn't happen in everybody's brain. She said if you use this, it would release some of this in your body and it would make you feel this way. She said but people who are more prone to addiction, when they use, their brain just releases 10 times as much of these chemicals as everybody else. And it makes them feel that much better. She said those are the ones that are at most at risk for addiction because it felt so good the first time. She said the problem that they then face is they want to experience that same first time again. But they never feel it again. They, they never have the same experience that meets that. Which isn't that sound like what sin does to us? She says, so they continue to use, and as they use, they have to use more and more to even have a similar experience. So, and I'm not going to get into details because, you know, I found out that can trigger folks. But if you had to use five last week, you may be using ten two weeks later to have the same feeling. Y'all see what I'm saying? And the reason for that is you're building up a what? A tolerance. You're building up a tolerance to it. And she said, I've had people come into the program who are using drugs and alcohol in volumes that if you just sat down and used it in that volume, you would die immediately. She's like, it's insane how high a volume they can get up to just building up that tolerance, building up a tolerance. So, so that just kind of stuck in me. I, I was listening to that course. It brought a lot of um, you know, perspective since we've been walking with people in, in the overcomers program. But as I started to think about that word tolerance, after I got out of the car, you know, I turn it off. I'm just thinking like all the things that we tolerate that are changing us. The things that we're able to, to grow in our tolerance for that are that are changing. So I looked up the, the, the definition. That's one of the things that I do. Tolerance. It's the capacity to endure continued subjection to something. The capacity to endure continued subjection or being under something. Or I'm growing in my ability to physically, mentally, and emotionally endure something. Tolerance. So, so back to what we're talking about today. Will we tolerate the transformation that Christ wants to bring about in our life so that our life today lines up with who we are in him. Will we tolerate the transformation? Will we endure it? Because there will be times that it's going to be uncomfortable. Amen. Will you tolerate the discomfort to experience the change? When we read Romans 12, 1 and 2, it sounds awesome in principle, right? 
Sounds great. Don't be conformed, be transformed. Yes. Your mind will be made new. Awesome. And it, then in practice, we, we encounter and experience some problems. When we're climbing up on the altar as a living sacrifice, this transformation that we'll undergo as Christians from what we were to what he's called us to be will at minimum be uncomfortable for us. At minimum, it's going to be uncomfortable. Why? Because of what he's doing, what he's doing in our life, that he's tearing down strongholds. We sang about that this morning. I can see strongholds coming down. And I was sitting there thinking about that. We really like to think about strongholds coming down in other areas of life, especially in other people's lives, right? I want to see the strongholds come down in the government. I want to see the strongholds come down in our school district. I want to see the strongholds come down. And we talk about, but then we, well, what about the strongholds that are still in your heart? I want to see the strongholds come down in the government. <laughs> right? Why? Because it's completely comfortable for me to tell you there's something wrong with you. It's completely comfortable for me to tell a system that there's something wrong with the system. It gets uncomfortable when I see the problem at work in me. Because then it has to be torn down. That sounds destructive, doesn't it? It's good. It's good to have it torn down. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be comfortable when he's tearing down those, those strongholds of old thought and behavior. We spent a long time building up those habits and those mindsets. And our sinful hearts and minds, it's, it's, it's in there pretty thick. And so when you start tearing stuff out, it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be great once it's done, but it's going to be uncomfortable in the process. Amen. He's straightening out crooked places. The crooked parts of our heart, those bends towards the thinking and the actions that are wrong and sinful. He's straightening that up. And it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be parts of you that are going to fight that change. Right? Why? Because you've become dependent on operating that away. How we do things. And that goes back to the idea of tolerance, what, what she's talking about when you have these uh, addictions to, to drugs and alcohol, to substances, and you've built up such a tolerance to it that you're using so much, if you just take that away, it almost kills you. And you wouldn't think that. You, you have people drinking alcohol in such large volumes that if you or I were to even try that volume, it would kill us right then. We would, it, we would poison our system because it would shock it so much. They've built theirs up to the point that they can endure it. So you would think the best thing we can do is take this away. But when you take it away, the withdrawals from that almost take their life. It's so intense that it almost takes them out. There's discomfort, pain, sickness, again, even to death. Why? Because the tolerance of it has actually built up a dependence on it. Their body needs it to function. They had to tolerate it to build it up that long, but now it's turned into a to talk about something, a drug we can all relate to, which is coffee. Whether you like it or not, you at least understand it. When you first drink coffee, it probably doesn't even taste good. First time that coffee hits your lips, you're like, whoo, people drink this? What in the world? Okay, I'll try it again. <laughs> 
right? And, and you start to build up a top, and, you know, okay, wait, okay. It's an acquired taste. We learned about that in line. But there's also caffeine in there. It stimulates us, right? Makes our heart beat a little bit faster. Makes our brain fire a little bit faster. We kind of like that. Helps us wake up in the morning. And if you sat down and never drank coffee before and you decided you were going to drink 12, 15, 20 cups of coffee, that probably isn't going to be good for you. You're not going to enjoy that feeling. It's going to make you very jumpy, twitchy. You may feel like your heart's going to come out of your chest. Your heart may literally come out of your chest, depending on how caffeine affects you. But if you build up slowly, you know, I drink one cup of coffee a day. I drink two cups of coffee in the morning. I drink two cups of coffee in the morning and a cup in the afternoon. And then you meet people that just drink coffee all day long. Well, here, here's what I'm telling you. Have you ever done that? You, you start, you drink your caffeine, you do all that and then take it away. You feel like you're dying. Your head hurts. You're lethargic. You can't get out of the bed. It's not just, well, I don't have that pep this morning, but, but it's literally taking me down. Why? Because as you've built up this tolerance to it, you're simultaneously developing a dependence on it. At the same time, you're developing a, a dependence on what it is that you're tolerating. You can see why he's telling us don't be conformed to the world. Why? Because what you tolerate there, you're going to build up a dependence on. Well, this is how we handle things. This is how I answer things. This is the worldly mindset that, that I have. This is what I always go back to. And that's why the transformation on the altar can be uncomfortable. So the question is, will we tolerate it as he's changing us, as he's changing those mindsets, as he's changing those actions, as he's changing our heart, our affections, the thing that we used to love and seek after. It's like, I don't I want to have anything to do with that. I want to I want this. Will we tolerate the change? It's better for us to bring it to him. It's easier for us not to. It's better to bring it to him and it's going to be easier not to. Will you tolerate the transformation? It's better to get on the altar as a living sacrifice, bringing it to him. It's easier not to. It's easier for me to satiate my worldly appetites than to deal with them. Right? Because what happens when you try to kick coffee, try to get off anything, your body wants it. And it hurts when you don't have it for at least a time there. Is it easier to endure that hurt or easier to just... Start drinking coffee again. That's my point. Will we tolerate the transformation? It's hard to tolerate the altar, especially at first. And again, tolerance, the capacity to endure continued subjection to something. It can be hard to tolerate it. Why? Because it's a strange dynamic for us, this living sacrifice idea, because you aren't dying, but part of you is. You aren't dying, but part of you is. It's the part that you don't like, but you think that you do. It's the part of you that you don't like, but you think that you need, right? And so when that, when, when that starts to take place, it's uncomfortable, why did you come to Christ? Why do you follow him? To change. To be different. To be better. To be more like him. We weren't okay without him. 
We built up a tolerance to the things and the ways of the world and simultaneously we developed a dependence on them. We were looking to those things to fulfill us, those things to make us happy, those things to give us strength and peace and make us feel safe. We built up a tolerance to them. We developed a dependence on them. We were conformed to those ways. Thank God he's still able to save us and change us if we can tolerate the change. If we can tolerate the change. If you are trying to be a runner and you stop every time it hurts, you're not going to be a runner. Right? Because you couldn't tolerate the discomfort of becoming a runner. You'll never be sober if you go back every time that you have a withdrawal from what you're trying to gain sobriety from. If you can't endure that discomfort, which, which why would you want to be sober? Because you've seen you're not okay when you're the other way. Will you tolerate the transformation? You'll never experience the life that Christ paid for at the cross if you keep running every time you see the altar. You'll never experience, that doesn't mean you can't be a Christian. Again, positionally, you can be there, but the question is, why did you become a Christian? To be more like Him. But we'll never experience the fullness of life that He paid for us to have at the cross if we run every time He calls us to change. If we run every time He calls us to lay something down. If we run every time that he calls us to humble ourselves before him and let him work on our heart and our mind. Because where did he say he's going to start? With the renewing of our mind. That we would think differently. We'll never experience that life if we run every time we see the altar. Now next week, maybe we'll see what the Lord does. I want to get more into what this process looks like, this transformation looks like, sanctification in our life. Again, position, this isn't so I can be a Christian. It's as a Christian, here's what I should seek in my life. And so I hope we can get more into that next week. But I, I wanted to start here because you'll never experience it unless you're willing to tolerate the discomfort of it in the short term. Nothing worth having is easy to have. No condition worth being in is easy to get in. Have you noticed that? It's not easy to be healthy. It's not easy to be fit. It's not even easy to be smart. You got to learn stuff. No condition that's desirable comes about easily. And that's what I'm saying. We, we have to be able to tolerate the transformation we have to be able to endure the altar. Again, don't assume, that it messes us up. If we assume that it will be easy and then we find it to not be easy, we stumble. We have to be able to endure the altar and tolerate the transformation. Now, in that, don't despair. Like, man, this is going to be so hard because your transformation doesn't depend on your ability. 
It doesn't depend on what you can do. It's not based in your ability, only in your willingness. Are you willing to let him work on you? Are you willing to let him teach you and train you in not just the better way, but the only right way to live, which is in him? It's not based in my ability. I don't have to feel that pressure on myself. It's just my willingness to do what? To climb up on the altar as a living sacrifice and go, you paid for this, you can have this. You know how it works best anyway. We don't want to despair. Because this same big God that we read about at the end of chapter 11 is able. He in his grace and his mercy gives us the ability even to endure, right? It's one of the fruit of the spirit, long suffering, faithfulness, forbearance, steadfastness, whatever you want to call it. That's what it means. The ability to hang in there. He even gives us that. We are without excuse other than I just didn't want to. Because it was uncomfortable. It was changing the way that, that I thought. I still want to be able to just lash out at somebody. That's so much easier. I still want to be able to just reach out and, and get this because when I have to wait on the Lord, sometimes I just have to sit in it and trust him. And that's uncomfortable for me. I'd rather be doing something. Right. But he in his grace and his mercy also gives us the ability that steadfastness, if we'll only remain willing. So the question again, why are you following him? Why are you in this? And if it's to, to change because you weren't okay without him, will you tolerate the transformation? Because again, the God of for from him and through him and to him are all things. The one who no one is smart enough to counsel. The one who uh, has so much that nobody's ever given him anything that he should have to pay him back. He won't let you down. He is able if you are willing. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the life that you have paid for us to have in Christ Jesus. That positionally we are in you. And God, you see our condition and you see the gaps there in who we confess to be in you and the way our life still looks. That we're not perfected in you yet, but we are being made perfect. You're transforming us as we bring our lives to you and we lay them on the altar and say, I'm willing to lay down my mindsets. I'm willing to lay down my actions. I'm willing to lay down all of me and let you work on me. So that when we get up from the altar, those old parts have passed away and all things have become new, that the outside begins to resemble what you've done on the inside. And Father, I pray for endurance, that we won't turn and run when it gets tough, that we'll trust instead of turning from you. God, that you've given us endurance and steadfastness, that we can stand and having done all that we can do, that we'll still be able to stand as you're working in us. That the work that you've begun, you'll complete. That you're faithful to complete what you have started. 
And I thank you, Lord, that, that, that we're building up that tolerance where, where you're able to confront us in areas now that you weren't able to last year. We would have turned and run if you would have touched that last year. But we're building up that tolerance for transformation and for change because we're seeing that it actually and truly works and brings life to us. Lord, we are not without benefit in you. Lord, that you would grant us endurance to be able to stand as you are making us new. We know we're not perfect. We know we won't be perfect by the end of this year, lest we die. But we know that you are growing us and teaching us and changing us as much as we'll endure, as much as we'll allow. And Father, I pray that that builds and that grows, that as you're changing us, that tolerance grows. And in that tolerance, our dependence on you increases. I thank you that it's not based in our ability, but in yours. And all we have to do is be willing to let you work in us. And I thank you that you do it in ways that are loving and gracious and even expedient. Father, thank you for how much you've loved us. As we get ready to go today, God, I thank you that you protect us and keep us safe as we leave. Lord, we got all these things coming up this week. Please be the center of it. Please be right in the middle of it. Don't let us have an activity. Don't let us have a meeting that you aren't in the middle of, that you aren't working through. God, be the center of it. Because, Lord, lest let, let, you are the center, then we do it in vain. And I thank you that you are... You're so loving and so kind and so available. I thank you that you'll meet us everywhere where you said you'd be. As we approach you in your word, as we approach you in the fellowship of the saints, that you are there and you're there for us. And through that we grow. And I thank you, Lord, that we work on our hearts this week with that, the answer to that question, why am I following Christ? Lord, that that would be firmly cemented in us so that no one could take it away. Regardless of what would come against us, we know that we can hold fast to that. Bless your people as we get ready to go today. In Jesus' name.